0: Kia Williams was a globetrotter, an awesome cook, and a devoted mother. She began a new chapter in her life recently. Originally hailing from California, she settled in Barryville, New York, along with her son, Sai. Recently, Kia embarked on a journey that led her to marry her fiancé, Desmond, and temporarily relocate to Ghana, while assisting him in obtaining the necessary documents to join her in the United States. During this time, she discovered that she was pregnant with twins. However, her happiness was overshadowed by her recent declining health that got her to seek medical attention. Tragically, Kia passed away in May, shortly after celebrating her 30th birthday. As a cherished member of the online support group for rural mothers known as Sullivan Mamas, Kia was regarded as a beacon of positivity and warmth. Her untimely departure left loved ones devastated, as she was taken from this world far too soon. We recently spoke to Kia's sister, Kwiana Terry and Mayanna Altrubin, as well as Jess Lewis, a member of the Sullivan County Mamas. They discussed Kia's journey to Ghana and the challenges her family's facing while coping with their efforts to bring her back home. First, here's Kiana.
1: Kia he, uh, didn't have intentions on living or moving to Ghana. It was more so a short visit. So she she met her partner. He's Ghanaian lived in Ghana. My sister lives in Sullivan County, Berryville, which she loved and adored like that was that was her home. And so her original goal was for her to go to Ghana and help her partner, who she married, come back to Berryville to live permanently. Um, but they were having some issues with getting his visa and just like the timing, which led my sister to be in Ghana longer than what she anticipated. And so, but yeah, ultimately, her goal was to come back to to Berryville. Like she just she loved the community. It was her family.
0: So And then while she was in Ghana, something happened. She became ill. Is that correct?
1: Um, She was about 10 weeks pregnant and two weeks prior to her passing. So me and my sister talked every day. She she's my my best friend. And Two weeks prior to her passing, she found she knew she was pregnant because she took a home pregnancy test. uh, Just she wasn't feeling well. And then she actually had her first ultrasound appointment, which confirmed that she was pregnant. And then that there was two they saw two sacks and she was just she was ecstatic. Like she was so happy and excited. And she called me like while she was still in the ultrasound appointment. And she's like, sister, you'll never believe this. Like they saw twins, like we're having twins. And I just was over the moon. Like, first of all, twins don't run. No, I mean, we're a big family, but none of us are twins. And I don't know. I just was like, wow, like, this is so amazing. Like, this is the best thing. I felt like I was the one pregnant with with twins. Like, that's how close we were and how excited all of us were. But it was something that she did want to keep fairly private, which most, you know, most women do when they're going through like the first trimester. They like to just keep things pretty low. And um, yeah, so I was, she, she she shared the news with me. And then I also found out she shared the news with um, my sister and my mom. But yeah, I mean, Kia was doing well for the most part. Um, when we would talk, she would complain about you know symptoms that initially we both thought were related to pregnancy and she complained about what started to be the red flag for me was she she complained about a lot of shortness of breath and then i remember one particular day she called me and said that she physically could not get out of bed like like could not get out and i then was adamant and and said you know hey you have to go to the doctor like you need to figure out what's going on like we just, we need more answers. And if it is pregnancy related, then cool. Like, you know, I'm here for you for moral support. You can muscle through this. you got this, but like, you got to go see a doctor. And so a week before her passing, she did go to the doctor and they actually kept her overnight. And, but during her stay, they did not do any type of blood work. They didn't do any other testing other than asking her questions And she described the symptoms. She described what was going on and they gave her Tylenol and some type of pill form medication. I don't know if it was like albuterol. I don't know what it was. It was some pill form of medication that's supposed to like open up her airways. And that was it. And so she was released the next day. And then my sister called me that Saturday and The like she sounded fine, like that's what's so hard about the situation is that she sounded perfectly normal, and from my understanding, it even sounded like she was on like a road to recovery because her husband had brought her something to eat. She was finally able to eat. She still was having shortness of breath, but she's you know it wasn't regular, like it wasn't as intense as it was prior. And she just was complaining about multiple symptoms and things that were going on. But the way it sounded in that conversation, as if she was doing better. And my sister and I talked on the phone and bantered for literally two hours that day. And we hung up. We said our goodbyes. She said, you know, if we don't talk later, then I'll talk to you tomorrow. And that was it. And then roughly about eight hours later, I'm getting a call from her husband And it's through um, Instagram, which, you know, my sister's Kia always called me directly from her phone. So when I saw his phone call initially, like the red flags went up, like I, I just felt something in my gut when he called me. Like, I just like I'm staring at the phone and I'm like, wait, what's going on? Like, this is very odd. I answered and he was hysterically crying and was sharing the story about what was going on. I started panicking and asked him to turn the camera around. Like I needed to see like what was going on. And and it was also kind of like strange for me too, because he was there in the emergency room while they were trying to like resuscitate her and do whatever they needed to do yet, which being from the U S like I I've had emergency family situations and, 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 and have been not allowed to be in the emergency room. So that was kind of like, I guess, culture shock for me. And so after about going back and forth with communication, trying to figure out what was going on, he then called myself. Well, I then was reaching out to the family and letting them know what was going on. And then he set up a um, WhatsApp call with me and and all my siblings and shared the news that my sister had passed. Right now, I don't know the full details because we're still waiting on the autopsy report, but what has been listed so far is pulmonary embolism, pneumonia, sepsis, and then, of course, she lost um, the twins. So, yeah, I mean, this is just extremely tragic. Talking about my sister in past tense has been the wildest, like, ugh.
0: I'm so sorry for your loss and just like my heart goes out to you. I just can't imagine that that feeling of like I said talking to your sister and just a few hours later she's no longer here. When she found out that she was pregnant, did she was able to see a doctor prior to her passing, uh related to the pregnancy? Was she, did she find out she was pregnant here or was she in Ghana already?
1: Yes. Yeah, so she found out she's pregnant while she was here in Ghana because she So this was her second trip to Ghana. She was here in September and then she went, she was only in Ghana for about a week or so. And then she went back to Berryville to the U.S. and then came back to Ghana in February. So my sister's been in Ghana since February. And her original plan, again, was just to stay there temporarily because I think, I don't think she really knew well, no one knew like the process of getting a visa was because when I talked to my sister, she told me it was about a two year wait and she just was like, I can't be here for two years. And so even I was like trying to be proactive and see, like, how can we get this visa expedited? You know, because they my, my sister loved her husband and she wanted to spend the rest of her life with him. But she just she wanted to she had no intentions on living in Ghana. She wanted to come back home to Berryville.
0: So I'm just going to assume that they got married in Ghana. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Yeah. So they had a marriage uh, ceremony and, you know, I don't really know like how their process works out there, but she, I, I witnessed the entire wedding where she signed paperwork. He signed paperwork. It was like, a, it was, it's a real legit wedding. So yes, yeah, she, she did get married in Ghana.
0: And the story that you mentioned that, her her husband calling you for the emergency room. I I definitely totally understand that. Like here in America, I've been in a couple of times that you're in emergency room situation and the doctors will push you away and not keep you in the room because they have to do their work to life-saving work there for their patient. So my my question is to you, are you suspecting that something happened in the hospital that caused her to pass away?
1: Due to like legality and just, Things that are happening, I can't really answer that question, but you're on the right track.
0: When she went to Ghana the second time, she brought her son, six-year-old Sai, and it was a struggle to get him back to the States. From what I understand, he's back home and safe. Can you talk about that struggle, the struggle for, for you to get her son back?
1: So it, it has been a process. It still is a process. And also, like I can't share a ton of details about that as well at the moment. But there's there's going to be more details coming out soon, just because I I do want to keep everyone updated and in the loop with what's going on. Especially since, you know, this case has gone like global, like every, every you know from Ghana to the U.S. Like everyone's talking about it, and I just for the protection of Sai and also just some other things that are going on. I, I have to keep that acquired right now.
0: Totally understand, but. Is he doing okay?
1: He's doing good. Um, he's healthy. He's in good hands. And that's, yeah, that's all I could
0: share mm-hmm. right now. So you're in California now, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm back home in California. Um, I was gone for about a little over a week. And I'm just, I'm happy to be back. And still trying to work kinks and things out with, because um, my sister is still in Ghana. Yeah, we're we're just trying to navigate through Ghana's processes and like things and again i'm from the u.s i've never i've traveled out the u.s once to mexico other than that like i have no clue so we've been in contact with the u.s embassy who's like reassuring us that the processes that ghana like the processes and the procedures that ghana is doing align with like their culture and country but it's just so far off From what the US and what I'm accustomed to here. And so it's just, it's been really hard. It's been really, really hard and really, really expensive. And like I mentioned in my YouTube video, there has and still has been extortion. And, you know, everything is about money. And I get that there's expenses that are involved. And, you know, like, but it just, it's not making sense how a service. Or a process that happens in the U.S. is at this price, but then across the country is almost five times the amount or even 10 times the amount for the same process or procedure, if that makes sense. So that's where I'm also, you know, hoping to get in contact with more government officials and at least like have them you know investigate and give light or clarity on why there's such differences. and
0: Absolutely. You're talking about a form that could cost a couple of dollars here in America, and you're asking, why should it cost so much more in a different country? When did your sister move to Barryville?
1: So her transition is actually a little bit interesting. So she moved from California to New York City. She lived in New York City for about six, five or six years, right, Mayanna? Yeah. And then she met a close friend who moved to Berryville, Elena. Yeah. And o- Elena and Kia were like two peas in a pod. Like they were super close. Like that was her like Brooklyn bestie. Like they were super, super close. And so um, Elena actually helped Kia with the transition of, you know, Berrysville because Elena moved there first and she loved it there. Like she just fell in love with the community, everything. And so Kia essentially followed suit. And um, so she's been living in Berryville now for about two years, maybe a little bit over. Quickly became involved with the community and Silco Moms and just, yeah. Like she just, embrace that community. And she also had a segment um, on one of the days throughout the week, where where she would log on to the Suku Moms account and talk about you know, just things that were happenin', happening in Sullivan County. And she loved it. Like she got to showcase Cy and um, their dog, Farrell. And she not only was my sister a world traveler, but she also loved to experience cooking foods from other cultures. So she heavily, heavily, heavily was multicultured and just loved just cooking and experimenting and, and, and not just with travel, but again, just with food. So I think that was also, like, how she became so close-knit within the community because she shared that passion of, like, food and wanting to feed everyone. And,
2: and her catering business. Like yes. Yeah. Her catering business up there. She was catering to a few um, neighbor, neighbors out there, and they all um, loved her food, and they posted about it, and she was just, it was really growing as she was starting out, so it was really great to see, and I was there helping her cook a lot yeah. of that food, and I was, <laughs> man, she I gotta give it to her, because it's its a lot of work.
1: My sister's an amazing cook, and, like, I'm just, I'm so thankful she shared, like, some of her secret recipes, and some of her recipes are actually, we grew up eating these recipes from our mom. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Kia's connection with Sullivan County was just, there really is no word to describe it. I mean, when she even would share the news about like things that were happening or like community events or potlucks or the farmer's market, like even I had a hard time believing how amazing this community was. And it wasn't until, you know, this situation where Suku moms, like hands down, they dropped everything to help support me and my sister. And they did any, anything that I would have asked of them, they would have done it. And like, they did do it. And that's what's so amazing about this story is that, you know, my sister loved Suku Moms in Sullivan, Sullivan County, and they loved her just as much. And they've become like our extended family throughout all of this. And I'm forever, like from the bottom of All of our hearts, like mine, my sisters, my entire family, like we are just so grateful for them.
0: It's awesome that folks did come out and help you and support you in this way. There is currently a GoFundMe going on now. The GoFundMe was to help bring her son back, which is her son is back now in America, and to also to help continue his care. But also now is to help bring Kia's body back to America. Can you talk about that? And what was it like to create this GoFundMe page?
1: You know, I've done GoFundme's in the past. I've donated to GoFundme's and so when I heard about my sister's passing, like I just knew financially we needed help. And you know, it was a really tough decision. So before I even posted the GoFundMe and made the YouTube video, like I really had to sit here and reflect, like is this something that Kia would want me to do? Because at the end of the day, like I realized, you know, like I'm grateful for social media, but I also don't want to be exploited or like I don't want my sister to my sisters to be exploited. I didn't want Kia or Sai or so there was just so many thoughts that went through my head. And like, I kid you not, I felt like in that moment, Kia spoke to me and said, sissy, do it. And so I did. And I wasn't even expecting. The numerous amount of donations that we've already received, Um and initially, when I started the GoFundMe, like, I had no idea about, like, because I hadn't spoken to, like, government officials or the U.S. Embassy or the consulate. Like, I hadn't spoken to anyone at that point. So I I didn't realize the extent of the situation when it came to, like, finances and, like, what it cost to bring someone from one country to another who's de- who's deceased. And so... You know the GoFundMe has helped tremendously, even just with like it's it's just it's helped tremendously, and I'm happy with the decision like i i like I said at the beginning, like I felt like I didn't really know. I'm like, is is this something I should do? like I don't know, like this is so such a personal close-to-home situation, like, do I want the world to know what happened to Kia? But Kia was friends with the world, and the world loved Kia just as much as they, you know, as she loves them. So I know in my heart that I did what was right for my sister and for Sai.
0: How would you describe Kia to someone who has never met her?
1: The first thing she would do is walk up to you and say, Hi, I'm Kia. What's your name? (laughs) And she just was so bubbly and energetic and real like she just organically was a loving human being and you would instantly just if you didn't gravitate towards her then she gravitated towards you she just she lived life fearlessly and I think she always wanted to just be like that support system, that helping hand, you know, like she wanted you to be a part of her family, even if she just met you like two minutes ago. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way that I would describe her. And I actually, I think I described her to a few of my friends. Kia was like a unicorn and a butterfly, like meshed into one. Like she was just so organically herself, but yet unique. And everyone always wanted to be around her. They wanted, you know, Either her cooking or, you know, her catering or just even conversation with Kia, like that's, yeah, she was, she was, that's just who she was. And she loved being a mom, like being a mom when she was pregnant with Sai and found out like that was like her everything, And, you know, hearing how excited she was when she found out she was expecting twins like that, just I'll never, ever, ever in my life forget that conversation or that memory. My sister even inspired and motivated me and I'm the oldest. We're nine years apart. So, you know, she was the reason why I got my first passport. I never wanted a passport. I didn't even think about it. Like she she helped me get one. And we took our first trip together to Mexico. So yeah, like I knew my sister was loved and I knew, you know, she traveled to India, to Dubai, to Egypt, like every like Italy, like she's been to so many places. Like even my nephew, like he he's on his second passport. His first one cool. Oh, yeah, and I'm just like my sister lived in an an amazing life and I knew that she was loved by many. I just didn't know the the magnitude and 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 I see it. And I feel it and and we're forever grateful.
0: And how are you doing? How are you doing? How is the rest of the family holding up during this time?
1: I'm doing okay. If you would have asked me this question even five days ago, I would be hysterically crying and in disbelief and mentally just not ready to accept this reality. You know, I, I've been taking it one day at a time, one step at a time. There's a lot going on, a lot that I wish I didn't have to deal with, a lot that breaks my heart that I'm having to deal with, a lot of discovery as well. But I just, I've been taking it a day at a time, one step at a time. What about you, Maya?
2: I mean, we're we're all pretty heartbroken and we're all just in shock and in disbelief that this, such a beautiful person is no longer here. You know, she just accomplished many things, and she was an inspiration to me. She was my role model. I actually moved to New York City because of her as well. I lived in York, Brooklyn for about five years now. Just this whole situation, this whole story—like, I mean, we just we lost our sister, and um, we've been receiving a lot of help and support, and a lot of questions, and we never, I've personally never lost anyone before. So just this this whole entire thing for the past two weeks has been driving us in every direction. And like, you know, we're stressed, we're tired. Some days we don't even drink enough water. We don't even eat. And it's like, we have to take care of ourselves so we can take care of Kia. You know, we need to bring her home. And that's our main goal, just getting her here so we can give her a beautiful, beautiful memorial. She deserves that. So we just... Fighting tooth and nail to get this done, and um, we're just really disappointed that it's taking a lot longer than we'd hoped, and we just feel like it's it's not fair, it's not right. So um, we're feeling everything. I'm, I'm feeling everything, but I'm I'm here, and we're supporting each other, and with the help of Berryville community, you know, we're we really appreciate all of you guys.
0: And let's talk about that community. And she was part of the online group Sullivan County Mamas, which are, are an online collective of, of Sullivan County Moms, letting folks know what to do uh, in around the county with families, uh, different ideas, different tips. Jess Lewis, who's one of the members of Sullivan County Mamas, can you tell us more about Sullivan County Mamas and Kia's involvement?
3: Yeah, so we are, yes, we're an online community. We're on Instagram. When we came up here, we noted, we came up a lot of us, the majority of us during the pandemic, and we were feeling extremely isolated. Most of us had never had any experience with rural living. We didn't know like, how do you connect your kids up here? Like people aren't just like, you know, going to get a coffee and walking to the corner park. That doesn't exist up here. So we were like really looking for some form of easy connection. Winters are really tough up here a lot of the times. You're often snowbound at the house with your kids and going crazy. We we decided, you know, like I said, Kirsten is in tech and I come from a media fashion background and we said, let's create this community. Like, I, I don't know where it will go. I don't know what it's going to evolve into. At first, we had only had 14 followers, but, you know, we said, let's have daily moderators. Let's engage people. Let's give other people the opportunity to use the platform to promote their businesses. Or even if you're just a stay at home mom, just to talk to the phone and be like, my kids are driving me nuts today and I haven't had a chance to shower and all of we've, all we've had to eat are, you know, crackers and cheese and that's it. And, um, and, you know, that's, I think that that was that raw kind of reality of motherhood and the challenges that we face up here was super refreshing for so many women to, to just kind of have that as an outlet to like, you know, air your grievances or promote your small business or find some point of relation without having to, you know, kind of want who you can connect with up here and how. Um, So, you know, now it's grown into, yes, definitely a whole other beast. We promote all kinds of local events and happenings uh, pertaining to family life and also pertaining to, you know, just being, being a woman, being a mom up here in Sullivan County. You know what activities to do with the kids, activities to do with yourselves. Um, We open the platform up for Takeover Tuesdays, where we give it to another mom who doesn't moderate on a day-to-day basis to just you know explore it and and um, connect. So that that's really kind of the ethos and the the idea behind why we created Sullivan County Mamas.
0: Let's talk about Kia's involvement with the group. I understand she moderated one of the days of the weeks.
3: Uh, Kia came to solving honey mamas through Elena, who had connected us. And you know, being speaking perfectly honestly, we're we're living Berryville is a rural community. Diversity is extremely lacking here. And you know, this is something Kirsten works in tech. We're both coming from the city. We're hyper aware of the fact that diversity is lacking here, and that's something that we we really wanted to nurture. When we were put in touch with Kia, we were just like, and we proposed to her. We said, you know, like. You represent so much more than just moms. You represent so much more that this community needs and to hear up here. And she was in complete agreement, so she happily, you know, filled that Wednesday spot on Sullivan County Mamas. And you know, like her sisters were saying, it was just so inspiring to have her—not just you know for me and and Kirsten and Olena but like the whole extended community. And you know, the DMs that have flooded into Sullivan—you know, we Sullivan County Mamas. Obviously, a lot of us are from the city. We have very international friends as well, and there are moms following her that are in like. London, England, Canada, <laughs> France, you know, like all over the world. And they always like once once we the, this, the news broke about her passing the dms just flooded like we i've never met this woman but i always looked forward to wednesdays on sullivan county mamas because even seeing her journey um you know going from rural a rural town in any country to this very like inter as this very international traveler with a young child oh my god that's something that for any mom like for so many moms going to the grocery store with the kids is like daunting never mind taking them um you know on this on these international travels to new cultures completely different ways of living um it inspired so many mums. i'm telling you like not not just here in the u.s but all over the world just you know that was so many like anytime she would put up a question box and say ask me questions the questions that would come in would be like how are you doing it how are you schooling him how are you managing the plane rides how are you managing the fatigue Tell us your secrets <laughs> that was that was usually what the question box said on the Tupo mama's page uh, whenever Kia threw it out there. So you know, it's just like i I like like her sister said, it's hard to put into words the the like tremendous loss um that it is, but you know, like also uh, you know along that same vein there is the silver lining of how it really has reinforced the power that exists in this community and the love you know when we all come together with with the same with the same mission and um yeah that's that's really what what, what how i would describe Keon. i mean you know she has her highlights she obviously was a huge proponent of promoting diversity in the community black-owned businesses and she's the one that that like you know through that, that idea out there like let's create a highlight bubble let's like any opportunity she had um she would be going to annie's in monticello and you know the promoting um you know whatever it was whatever whatever promotion they were having or uh what's the other one red diamond bar and grail in liberty like she she loved these places and she really you know expanded even like our own horizons on like what what was available in the community and um you know just opportunities to uh, to diversify i'm laughing because i told i just told kiana this story about the last time the last moment that i had with kia and i told her i had missed her going away party because i was busy i'm a single mom i was with my three kids she said girl don't worry about it we'll do a play date with sai um before i leave and she sure enough, we did that. And I told her, you know, we were talking about what are we going to feed the kids? what Are we going to eat? I said, don't worry about it. I know you've got a list that's like 900 miles long. I'll make some spaghetti and like a salad. And she goes, she goes, "Uh, okay, okay. She didn't really say anything. And she shows up and she, um, she had, she said, girl, I, you can save your spaghetti for your kids. I'm good on that. We're going to make some fried chicken. We're going to make some plantain. We're going to like, we're going to give your kids some exposure that they desperately need. And I was like, absolutely. Let's, (laughs) let's do it. But even you know, even in that, like she had a million things going on before she left. She's trying to tie up loose ends with her house. What's happening with Sai? like the list was long. And the fact that she would do that, like take the time to plan a whole meal, go to the grocery store, get it not just for her inside, but for my kids too. like the level of um, like selflessness that that requires was just like, that was a very marked moment for me. But, but that was just Kia. That was Kia. Like she, like her sister said, she was just, she was always looking to connect and to enrich other people's lives she was that was her
0: and that now that online community has become a system of support to her family kiana what happens next the fight or should i say the battle to bring kia's body back here to america to give her a proper memorial a proper burial that's still happening and and just walk us through what is the next step for you and your family
1: No, I mean, I think you actually said it correctly the first time. Yes, the fight does continue. And, you know, we're pushing and trying really hard to get her back here to the U.S. so that we can have a peaceful memorial. And then the next steps after that is to figure out steps for Sai, And then... After that, we're trying to figure out how to get in contact with government officials to really understand like the whys behind this experience. And yeah, we just, yeah, so those are the steps that are up next
0: again, like my heart goes out to you and your family before we go. Is there anything else I have not touched on? Do you want folks to know about you, your family, Kia? or the Sullivan County Mamas.
1: Suku Mamas, please go follow them, um interact. It's it's the best even if you, again if you're not from Sullivan County, like it's an amazing group of women who support women and and I guess the second piece would be, you know, anyone who can continue to contribute to this cause and and help in any way, feel free to reach out via social media, either Instagram or you can even message me through the GoFundMe. Thank you to everyone for all your support and just the love and togetherness like i I again, this experience has been extremely difficult, but it's been less difficult because of the amount of support that we've received and 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 again, a lot of it has been from Sullivan County. yeah, thank you so much. and even for your time and and, you know, discussing my sister's situation. Like I'm greatly appreciated, appreciative.
0: And please also make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you eat, make sure you drink because you have to continue this fight on for your sister to bring her back to America and also to help care for her son now who doesn't have his mother anymore. So thank you so much for joining us on this program. We were talking to Kiana Terry, Mayanna Altribin sisters Akia, and also talking to Jess Lewis, one of the Sylvia County Mamas. Thank you so much for talking to me.
1: We have to keep this fight going, and it starts with maintaining our health and well-being. So thank you so much.
0: This is Patricia Robayo for Radio Catskill.